Welcome to the Details of Life, ladies and gentlemen, with Marcus Wilson. I am your host, Marcus Wilson, and we have another great podcast for you today with one of college basketball's best assistant coaches. It's only a matter of time before he gets a shot at being a head coach, and I'm sure he's going to do well. He's had great success at Vincennes, at uh, Frank Phillips Junior College, Indiana State, Northern Kentucky, Bowling Green, Valparaiso, and now at Utah State, where they've won two consecutive Mountain West championships, my friend David Raglan. We talk about a lot of things, and I think for anybody that wants to be a coach, an up-and-coming coach, this is a great podcast for you to listen to, to hear about the grind and some of the things that you're going to have to go through. I also think it's good for other coaches to hear and listen because he's one of the best, and so we always can learn from other really good people. So I'm not going to give too much introduction on this one because we talk about a lot of things that we're going to cover a lot in the conversation. So without further ado, let's listen to my friend David Raglan. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, my next guest on the Details of Life podcast is a longtime friend. We've been friends for over 20 years. Good friend of mine, excellent coach, which we're going to get into all that. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome, uh, David Ragland. How you doing, Dave? What's up, man? How's it going? Man, it's good to hear from you, brother. Uh, you know, as you know, on the Details of Life, we try to bring on successful people, whether it's sports, whether it's a CEO, and allow people to kind of hear what are some of the things that they've been through to get where they're at. And I know you've made a lot of stops and uh, done a lot, had a lot of great experiences, had a lot of success. But before we get into that, how about you tell the people where you're from? And I met you playing ball. So what was right. where are you from and what was your uh, your college basketball experience like? Yeah, so uh, obviously you you rep where, where I'm from. Uh, you used to play with the sleeves back in the day <laughs> at, right. at, at UE, and, and we met back then. But from Evansville, Indiana, born and raised. Uh, I almost dropped a, a fresh prince uh, line after that, but uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's why I was born and raised. Went to Harrison High School, graduated in '99, and um, you know from there it was it was on, man. Like my calling was getting the coaching, and uh, been on that journey for 16 years now. Okay. First went to Missouri Southern in Joplin, Missouri. That that connection there was Chris Lowry, who was from Evansville as well was an assistant there, and he recruited me to go out there and play. Division two school in the MIAA, um, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. I, I had Division one schools recruiting me and talking to me, but you, I, you've been to the recruiting process, and, and one thing I would say to people who are going through it, uh, obviously I'm, I'm coaching and I'm recruiting guys, but uh, one thing I would say to, as an advice to people who are watching this, uh, guys who may be going through the recruiting process, uh, you just got to you gotta do your best to go with people who you trust, uh, people who have your, your best interests at heart, um, you know, people who just uh, – there's, there's everyone has their circle, uh, yeah. not, no matter how small, big, whatever. But your circle are, are people who you know are in, in the trenches with you. You know you, you can trust them. You know you can count on them. Um, and you know that they're going to push you to be the best version of yourself. And uh, I say all that to say with Coach Lowry, that's what I felt. You know, my family knew his family. Uh, him and I created a, a great relationship and a great bond. And throughout the process, he was, just, he was just real with me. He told me how it went, what to expect, what some coaches may say, blah, 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 whatever. And it just gained – like, he gained a lot of trust through that process. And I felt like that was the best thing for me, and it was. Uh, we ended up going 30-3 and three my freshman year. And, uh, you know, I, I spent my freshman and sophomore year there. And my, my father got sick, got cancer. Um, so I decided to come back home. 
help my mom and dad with, with some things around the house and just be more, be more of a support, um, you know, at home. And I finished my career at Southern Indiana uh, is where I graduated in 03. Um, again, another two years that, that were great on the court, off the court. I continue to grow, mature more uh, just in, within myself. And um, once I got done playing, uh, one of my coaches, Coach Hostetter, uh, Mark Hostetter, he, uh, I, he was, man, I love that dude, man. He, he just pushed me to, to be uh, better in every way. Um, on the court, he made me think, you know, as far as a point guard, as a leader. And uh, he came to me one day. He's like, Rags, man, I, I think you'd be really good at this. And I'm like, what, basketball? Like, I'm beat up, man. I'm, I'm done. He's like, no, uh, coaching. Like, you have great leadership skills, great communication skills. You do a great job. Like, bridging the gap with your, your teammates and, and the coaching staff. I think you'd be really good at it. And um, – he actually had a, a buddy of his, uh, Lou Godino, and it just it just worked. You know, Lou is originally from Indiana. I'm from Indiana. Uh, Marco said it meant a lot to me in, in my life and was close friends with, with Lou, and that's how I got in it. And from that point, uh, it just it just took off. Uh, I didn't know where it was going to go. I just knew that I loved basketball. I knew that I had a passion for helping other people. Uh, my parents, I mean, they've always – been been big on serving others and uh my dad was a mentor forever in in evansville served on a different bunch of different boards my mom worked at the ymca like like you are with um at-risk kids uh, at-risk girls for 10 years she led the diamonds program and uh, the stories from from what she did there's doctors lawyers uh, just uh, professionals that she dealt she worked with um like they owe a lot of to her and they, they tell all the time. So that's in my DNA, just giving back to others and helping other people out. And, uh, you know, basketball, I just love it. So it just, it came together. Yeah, man. I mean, you touched on a lot of good stuff right there. People don't, you said Chris Lowry, uh, he's from Evansville. People don't realize he's a, I mean, he's probably on the verge of becoming a head coach any day now. You know, he's a right. top assistant at Kansas state. Like you mentioned, Lugo Dino, who's now – he was at Indiana State and now at Wichita State. So, guys that started at the bottom, like you said, with you, started at the bottom and you've kept great relationships. I do want to touch on that real quick. Like, yeah. there's people that want to get into coaching and they think, you know, I just got to have a kid or I got to, you know, right. run an AAU program. Just on the outside looking in, watching you over the last 10, 15 years, if I had to say why I think you've been successful is – a, your ability to communicate with youth, so which makes you a great recruiter. But B, and maybe as one A and one B is relationships. I don't, I can't find. Not that I've been searching for, but I can't. I don't know anybody <laughs> in America that has anything bad to say about you. You know, everybody right. from east to west coast, all the places you've been. How have you gone about keeping all those relationships so tight to where when you call, people are there anytime you need it, give you references to help you get jobs like. What, what is the key and, you know, is that something that you really value and part of your coaching strategy and your recruiting and just being who you are? Right. I, I think the number one thing is just relationships. Um, my, my most important thing is you, we've been friends for 20 years. We value that. You know, we, right. we value that brotherhood. And I think relationships, you know, we, we've been honest with, e with each other. We've had real conversations. And um, I think the number one thing is just relationships and, and being who you are and um, caring about others. You know, 
I hit I hit those guys whether it's a birthday or or you know milestones in their in their life of you know having kids. I remember uh, you know Coach Lowry, he you know him and and his wife they had a kid and she was due and they, they happened to be in Evansville for whatever reason at the time. And I went and spent time with her at the hospital uh, mm-hmm. when they had Kalari. Um, and and just just being there, being a genuine f- friend. Um, building those relationships, um, and then uh, continue to, to invest in them. You know, you have to invest in the people. I, I don't think anyone, you know, <laughs> has very many bad things to say about me because I try and do my best to treat people how I want to be treated. And I, I think if you do that, then uh, you make the right choices for them, for yourself, and grow people Yeah. Uh, in general. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if I could uh... – to put that in all that is right. And then to put that in context for any up and coming coaches that are listening, what I see coach Ragland do is some of you guys, you only call this coach when he has a player, when he has a guy that you're recruiting, but those four years in between him having that three, four star year player, we don't hear from you. Right. And then all of a sudden you call, you know, this, you know, they call up, Hey, what's up, bro. It's been a while. <laughs> I think you've done a good job of maintaining those relationships, whether, whether right. the program, the AU program, the high school coach yeah. has a four-star player this year, it might not be till five years later that he has another, exactly. but you stay in contact. And that's the genuineness that you're talking about of the relationship. Yeah. So with that said, you've been, you made a lot of stops and everywhere you go, it's been successful. You guys were good mm-hmm. at, uh, I mean, a lot of people don't know this. I mean, when you were at Northern Kentucky, was there for a short stint, but the guys you helped recruit, all of a sudden, two years later, they're in the NCAA tournament, right? You go to yeah. Bowling Green, first year, conference championship. Yeah. Yep. And now Valpo, great, great results there. Now you're at Utah State. Last year was conference championship. This yeah. year was going to the NCAA. What has been the common denominator that you could say, why has success followed you or you know, what has been the common denominator in all those places that help you turn a program around so quickly? Yeah, I, there's a number of things. I, I think the number one thing is I've worked with really good people, uh, talented people. I think when you put a lot of talented people in the same room, uh, going toward the same goal, then that's when success happens. Um, but I think that the number one thing that uh, us as a staff, we've done in the place I've been, we really, we've really shown how much we cared about our guys. Um, and I think whenever you're dealing, you're working with young people or just people, period. If, if you show how much you care about them and, and their care factor goes through the roof. And we've had guys that just care about one another. They care about our staff just like we care about them. They care about maybe proving other people wrong or, or just getting the best out of themselves every single day. Uh, so I think the care factor has been high. I think uh, the re- results um, have happened because you know, we care for our guys and, and vice versa. I think a lot of it has to do with consistency. If you're consistent in your daily approach and the more consistent we've been, the place that I've been, we've been successful. And a lot of it is is relationship driven. Uh, it has to do with where the care factor is at on both ends, uh, where the realness is at, where the trust is at uh, on both ends, and then um, how consistent you are. But if your energy and, and effort is consistent and you have non-negotiables and you don't let up on, on them, um, you know, there's been plenty of times we had tough conversation with, with players. There's been plenty of times whenever uh, we push guys out of their comfort zone 
Uh, but I think when they, you're consistent in it and you're fair in it and they trust you, they'll run through a brick wall for you. And now being at Utah State, you know, we kind of embody a lot of things. Like we have our own language. We're consistent in our, our effort and our energy every day. We do have a player-led team. Craig is, is big on that. Um, and just the energy around here. Uh, you know, I, I talk to people about uh, every good company starts at the top. And I know you you were with Chick-fil-A for a while, and, and, and people know how great that, that company is, but it sets a precedence how things go. And Craig's energy and effort permeates throughout the entire organization, and that's the reason why we are at the top of the list as far as uh, the most games won in two years, 54 games won in two years. I mean, we're top. You got, a, got us up there with Dukes, with the Kansas, with those teams. Is that – the company that we have, but um, that's the journey I've been on, and that's how we we've done it. Uh, I just been with really good people, and and we've been on the, the same uh, like wavelength with our goals, um, and we've been consistent with that, and, and we care for each other. No, that's an excellent answer because people need to hear the journey, and I'm not just saying this because I know you. I said this about Coach Lisa Stone in my last podcast, but it amazes me when ads are looking for hires that they don't look at like, okay, this person was here. They sucked before they got there, then they were good, and then after they left, they're not good again. Like, how do you see that and then don't pursue those people? I mean, I, I gave a couple examples, like with Brad Stevens. Obviously, Butler was a mid-major, went to two national championship games under him. No one would have thought Butler was capable of that. You're from Evansville. You remember Butler was just like a, a really just a mid-major in Indiana. Then they went to that level. He left, and they're still good, but not that level. Coach Rick Majerus, yeah. what he did with Ball State and Utah and oh, Slew. Yeah. Yeah, Coach Lisa Stone did, and then also what yeah. you've been able to do. Uh, it, it blows my mind that ads don't take that into consideration and, and look at that more instead of just looking at the name, look at the the track level of success. But with that said, so last year you guys, I mean Nevada was top dogs. You know they were top five in the country most of the year, right. um, and everybody thought that was just their conference to win. You guys came, you know, won won the conference <laughs> championship. Same thing with this year. Right. Um, San Diego State, another top five team, possible number one seed. Again, this just thought it was their conference to win. What do you know? Utah State Aggies come through again. Again. So what is it, you know, for somebody that's a coach wanting to figure out how to have success? And obviously you guys have a good culture because you're not afraid of the moment. Yeah. You've played in some huge games. It's not like you're just beating other mid-major teams. You're beating top five teams in the country, right? What are, what are some of the pillars of your program? I think you touched on it with just being honest in the language, right. but, you know, what are some of the things that you do that you look to make sure that you build the culture up to have this level of success that you guys have had? Right. Well, again, it, it goes back to being a player-led team. Um, if your best players, if your, your players that are playing, the minutes are bought in uh, to what the goals of the, and the mission of the program is, and they can hold their teammates accountable, then uh, as coaches, it makes our job easier. Uh, player-led team is, is important. Uh, but outside of that, uh, just consistency. You know, I, we talked about that before and everywhere that I've been, there's been uh, just consistency with the programs. And our whole goal when we came in here was we wanted to get better every day. And uh, you talk about toward the end of the season, um, you know, of last year, in this, you know, 18-19 season, um, you know, our expectations, we're, think, pick ninth in our conference preseason and our non-conference, we may have went 
11 and two. And then we go through our conference season, we're 15 and three. And that's unheard of in, in a, a conference like ours, where it's a multi-bid conference and you have pros coming out of here and, and you have the Nevadas of the world, San Diego States, UNLVs, Colorado State, you, you, it goes on, New Mexico, it goes on and on and on. Um, a tradition, crowd support, fan support, it's a basketball league, the NBA players that have come out of here. But we progressed and gradually got better. Like last year we finished, we won 17 of our last 18 games. And we beat Nevada uh, in the last regular season game. They ranked number 12. And we beat them at home. And we jump in the top 25. And uh, we go to the, our conference tournament, uh, beat New Mexico, uh, beat Fresno State, and then beat San Diego State in the, the conference tournament last year. Um, then this past season, uh, expectations were high. And you know, we ranked preseason maybe number 15 and jumped up to 13 was the highest. Um, and we went through some highs and lows, injuries, sicknesses. I think all that stuff had to, had to do with it. Um, maybe a little bit of pressure, but I think we fell back to our original, let's just get better every single day. And we, we held on to that. And to end the, the season, uh, I want to say we won, going into the conference tournament, maybe eight of our last 10, going into the conference tournament, and then we win our, our last three, um, beat New Mexico, beat uh, Wyoming, and then number five, San Diego State. Uh, but, again, I think a lot of it is, is believing in our players. A lot of it is the relationship we have in our players. Um, a lot of it is our players trusting us and, and taking on the responsibility that this is their team and that they're going to hold their self and their teammates accountable. And then at the end of the day, we just – we want to live in our moment. You know, you never know when it's going to be the best team that you ever play around or um, the best group of guys that, that you're going to be with. Or, you know, you just never know when it's, when it's your moment. So if you live in it, you take advantage of it, uh, sky's the limit. You know, there's not, a, there's not a cap on what you can do. And so if you're ready, you're ready for that moment, you embrace it, uh, you have an opportunity to, to do things that, that people have never done before where you've been. Yeah, yeah, I think that leads right into when you talk about embracing the moment. No one yeah. knew just a month ago where we would be right now. I mean, how, how quickly did things change with this COVID-19 <laughs> virus? And so with that yeah. being said, you were going to the NCAA tournament. You know, there were some teams that were thinking, oh, we might be in at-large. You guys were going. You won your conference cha- championship. So what was that like? Finding out, I remember it, it was a Thursday because I remember it was a Thursday. I think it was right after um, Rudy Gobert uh, tested positive, and then a couple hours later, NCAA tournament was canceled, I believe. So, what was that? You know, you hear a lot of fans saying, "Man, I feel so yeah. bad for these players. Um, do they get another year of eligibility?" What was it like? You know, when you had that end of the season meeting and had to tell your team, "NCAA tournament is canceled. This that last game that you played was your last game. You don't get another one." to say this is going to be my last? You know, was, were there tears? What was it? Obviously, there was disappointment, but, like, what was that moment like, and how did you guys break that to your team? Uh, I mean, it was tough. We were actually going to practice. Like, we were getting ready to practice. And, uh, you know, we got the word, so our guys knew. You know, I, th- this day and age is so much different when we play. When we play, our coaches can surprise us, you know, like now like, those dudes are already looking on the phones, retweeting it, sending it to people. And uh, so they, they knew, and, you know, we just, we brought them all in the gym. 
and uh, it it was it was it was tough. You know, we have a special group. You know, that's one thing I would say. You know, with this group here, and I've been blessed enough to be able to be a part of this. But they're better people than they are players, and we've done some special things here. You know, I told her even that day, and I've learned a lot from my kids. And uh, you know, one thing that the biggest lesson I learned from my kids is. Uh, young people do as they see, not as they're told. And I feel like we were a good example for our, our team here at Utah State. Uh, but I feel like they've been a great example to us coaches and community here in Logan, to young people. Like my son looks up to them. Uh, I know a lot of little kids that, that look up to them. I mean, they're they're just phenomenal people. So it was hard going in there and telling them that it was over. Uh, there was some some tears shed. The one thing that we talked about is, you never know, you know, for the, even the guys re- returning, you never know, is this going to be the best thing you've played with? And maybe we can celebrate that in 20 years, but right now, like, you, you want to embrace it, and we want to, to live in our moment. We understand it, you know, because, I mean, it's, you know, basketball is always bigger than us anyways. You know, it, it's, it's a direct correlation with life. You know, what you go through in basketball, you go through in life, and it, it builds you – uh, your character and makes you just prepared for life and that's what we've done with these young men but you know this this is obviously it's about health and it's about uh, being safe not getting others affected if, if you know it's spread but the one thing the one good takeaway from it all is we were able to play our our championship and we were the first team to get done with ours and the way that we did finish it you know, you talked about it earlier, being the number five team in the country, uh, you know, off the last second shot with arguably one of the best players to ever play at Utah State. They clear out for Merrill, electing not to call timeout. I like that move. Tied at 56. Merrill for the lead. He's got it! Oh, my goodness. To hit that shot, he's scored over 2,000 points uh you know that that be in that moment and afterwards to cut down nets and embrace each other uh man if you're gonna end it and you're gonna end it early that's a way to do it uh, yeah definitely definitely and not I, I mean i know i didn't get a chance to go to the ncaa tournament until my senior year played against kansas had a great game but i couldn't imagine what that would have been like to finally have worked all four years and to build that up and then not be able to do it so i do feel for those seniors but if one thing 2020 has taught us, you, me, every player, is life can change like that. I mean, how shocked were we all when we found out that Kobe Bryant passed away in a helicopter accident? And then we're playing basketball one day, and then a week later they're saying the NBA and the NCAA tournament is canceled. So if people don't learn how to appreciate the moment through this, they never will because there's been some some things that we've had to go through this year. And so. You know, you're known as a great recruiter, and I think that I know that. Everybody knows that. So do you think that right now the first live pair, so for I think most people watching this know what I'm talking about, live pair, normally would be going into AU season right now, being able to evaluate players. That's been canceled because of COVID-19. So do you think that the inability to go out and look at players, I know you're probably getting video, but you and I both know, there's some video all-stars out there, and then you go see them, and they're just not what you thought they were in video. And so how <laughs> how do you think that this time away and inability to recruit and evaluate is going to affect 
your team or college basketball next year, or do you think you'll still be able to get it done if they open it up in July again? Uh, not, I think it, I think it, it won't affect it a great deal. It does, it does affect being able to see people in person. Right. Uh, however, I feel like guys that, that work hard, guys that are kind of have a plan, uh, do have a plan on, you know, what do we need for this year? What do we need for the, uh, the upcoming years? Have done their research, have done their homework, uh, have a good understanding of what their team looks like, what recruits look like that they need to bring in. Uh, I mean, this almost gives you more time to you do your research and homework on who is this player that you're looking to bring in, who are they surrounded by, you know, what makes them tick, you know, what kind of mistakes have they made, how can we improve upon those. And, you know, I think if you really work at it, uh, the guys that are good at at, at this profession, um, and, and that's building young men and building people, I don't think it, it affected too much. Uh, it actually may even help with all the, the noise because, like you said, some dudes get hyped up. I don't know if they need to be getting hyped up, <laughs> but they may have, you know, dunked a few times or hit a couple shots, and they say, you know, it's going viral. You know, so I, there will be an adjustment, uh, but I don't think it, it'll hurt uh, basketball. I don't think it'll hurt recruiting. Um, I really think that it eliminates some of the, the other noise, whether it's influence from people's camps or uh, coaches thinking, I got to recruit this guy because he's ranked such and such. Uh, guys will go back to maybe trusting their eyes a little bit more, uh, getting back to the, the core values of, of, you know, people and fit. And people say that, you know, I know you and I had this discussion. Everybody talks about fit. I want the best fit. They say that early. And then when bigger schools start recruiting them, they're like, they, they forget all about the fit. Or, you know, vice versa. Coaches, like, you know, we're, we're hypocritical too. You know, we're, oh, we're about family here. We want to take you in and we're going to be by you. And then, you know, as soon as Johnny or so-and-so messes up, then we're on to the next guy. You know, so uh, I think the values of, of just, you know, being a, a man of your word on both ends um, maybe get better through all this stuff. And, and you know, all, all this is teaching us is, you know, we have more time at home. We have more time with our family. We have more time, um, you know, with relationships that are meaningful, making a, a better bond between that stuff. You know, we need to take this time and embrace it. You know, this is, this is an adjustment for a lot of people. It could be a difficult time for a lot of people, but it could get us back to the, the basics and, and the, the core values of what we need to be doing anyways. So, uh, recruiting, I, I think it'd be okay. Yeah. I think my concern, uh, and you know much better than me, but I think my concern was that let's say a player gets hurt or let's say a player transfers or let's say a player enters the draft and all of a sudden you're scrambling to get a player. If you've already done your research and you're prepared, you might be good. But right. the people who aren't, they're going to, they need it. They may need this time to evaluate, right? And then they sign a guy that they think mm. is one thing two years late, not even two years later. A year later, you realize, man, this dude is not what I thought he was. And now he's yeah. taking up a scholarship for four years and could affect your team maybe one, two years down the road. I don't think we will see the effects of it so much this year, right. possibly down the road, but we'll wait and see. Um, that, that is one thing. I, I would I would agree with that. And the other part would be there's been times where guys kind of come from nowhere. So the guys who aren't on the radar, who aren't who don't have a big rep, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll hurt them somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Well – We'll get through it and uh, 
you know, like you said, uh, being prepared for this moment uh, will definitely help. And so the last thing I want to do is I want to start asking all of my guests on here because people I hope are tuning in because they want to see a successful person and then also what makes them tick and what helped them get there. So are there any daily routines or any habits or any thought processes, anything that you do? You know, I've heard CEOs say, I make sure I read one book a week. Or like even myself, I try to meditate in the morning to get my mind settled. Like, is there any things that you do that you think helps separate you? Because it's obvious you've been a great recruiter. Everywhere you go, you've been successful. Teams, all that. So success is something that you obviously figured out how to have. Are there any things, any tips or any things that you do that you that you think uh, contribute to that? Uh, I, there's a couple of things. I, I think the number one thing that, that you hit on is have a routine. You know, whatever it is, whether it's getting up and go for a run, whether it's meditating, whether it's doing, you know, 100 push-ups a day, whether it's whatever it is, get a routine, stick to it, and it'll get your day going the right way. Me personally, there's a, there's a poem that a Marine uh, spoke to a group of people, and it was about making his bed. Uh, and when my father passed away, it was something that really uh, hit home with me because life goes on. Life goes on through coronavirus. Life goes on through my father passing. Life goes on through whatever it is that we're going through, good, bad, and different. And the biggest thing with, with it all is getting your routine and, and, and going with whatever is going on at that moment. So I know it sounds silly, but I literally make my bed every day. I, <laughs> I don't, it don't matter where I'm at. I could be at a hotel, recruiting at home, I make my bed every day. And then I, I try and get into the word, um, you know, keep, keep a, a healthy balance. Um, of, and, and it could be just prayer. It could be a scripture. Uh, I try and do that every single day. Um, and then as long as I'm at home, I'm taking my kids to school every day. And I'm, I'm praying with them on the way to school. Uh, just, just trying to get their day going, uh, trying to get that time with them. Um, and just just keep balance. You know, I think that's the biggest thing with, with life. Like, yes, I'm I'm a basketball coach. I'm a, a recruiter. I'm a mentor. Um, you know, all those things. But I also want to be uh, just as successful as a father, as a husband, as a son, as a friend, uh, in every aspect. So just trying to keep a healthy balance. But I think that starts with your routine. Man, that, well, I just learned some things right there, too. And uh, man, I know you have great, great parents, and and so I know you learned a lot of that from them. And so there's a a lot of jewels you just dropped right there, Rags. Man, I don't, I didn't know you had all that in you, man. But it, it's clear to see, it's clear to see, man, why you're successful. You said yeah. you mentioned earlier though, some people get up and run or do push-ups. I saw your 50 push-up challenge on Facebook, <laughs> and you struggled those last five, brother. But the you last, pushed yeah. them out. You pushed them out, though. <laughs> yeah, I struggled on the last little bit, but I, I've been working on it, man. <laughs> man, I'm going to uh, – and I know what uh, what you're talking about with that guy talking about making his bed in the morning. So, right, so anybody right. that's watching this, I'm a, it's a goal cast thing, and I'm going to drop that in the in the description below so you I guys appreciate can see that. what he's talking about because – he does say some really good stuff about how just the details of um, just little things like that um, can, okay. can breed success. So, man, thank you for spending time here with me, brother. And it's I'm good catching time, up bro. with you. Make sure you guys stay safe out there, man. Tell the wifey and the fam I said hello, and we'll be in touch with you. Same here, man. I'm proud of you, man. I know a lot of people 
know Marcus from whatever, maybe the podcast, but I've known you for 20 years and I know what you've done with the YMCA. I know what you've done with your family and just the growth that you, you've made over the 20 years as a man. I'm so proud to call you my friend, my brother, um, you know, and just the impact that you, you've made on other people. Uh, you may not know it now. They may not tell you now, but uh, it's been an honor to watch that and to be alongside you on, on your journey. So well, much love to you. Much love to your family. Uh, if you ever need me, you got me, brother. I appreciate it, man. You know, I'm, I've come a long way. Let's just say that. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> but, man, I appreciate that. Love you, brother. And like you said, man, we, we've been friends for over 20 years, so I appreciate you, man. But uh, stay safe yeah, out there, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you. Peace. Yeah. Thank you, Dave, for coming on and giving us some knowledge, not only about basketball, but about life. I think a lot of things you touched on could help a lot of people out there. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on the details of life and sharing that with us. I'm also going to leave the link to U.S. Navy Admiral William McRaven, in which Dave referenced about making your bed. If you got a second, I highly, highly recommend just clicking the link. If you haven't heard it, it's going to give you some good inspiration and some good knowledge as well. And I'm also going to leave a link to when uh, Coach Ragland spoke at the Rising Coaches event and some notes that he had on that that's online for you coaches out there to kind of pick his brain on that and take some of those notes as well. But sticking with the theme of college basketball, some of you know, all know that I do color commentating for University of Evansville and the Missouri Valley Conference. And when we do the broadcast at the University of Evansville, we have a little fun. We have a little bit more flexibility on what we do. And so we have this segment called Certified Bucket Getter, Marcus Wilson Certified Bucket Getter. Now, I think that I was a certified bucket getter. I scored more than 2,000 points in college and, could, you know, people say I could shoot the ball a little bit. So in this segment, I recognize a certified bucket getter because I know one when I see one, right? And so I'm going to leave you guys with some clips of some of my calls of my certified bucket getters of the year because I miss college basketball. I miss basketball. Maybe this will give you a basketball fix. For some of you that are listening to the podcast, you're obviously not going to be able to watch it through there. You'll be able to hear the call. But if you get a chance, click on this YouTube video and watch my certified bucket getter calls. And it'll be something that you need to be on the lookout for next year because we're going to keep doing it because I have fun doing it. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, take care. Be safe. Can't wait for sports to come back. But during this downtime, I'm, I'm going to try to keep bringing as many good sports figures as possible. And then maybe mix it back up with some other CEOs and some other business people. But I know the people what the people need right now, so I'm going to give it to you. And you know why? Because everybody wants to be great. And greatness is in the details, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, and share with anybody that you think might be interested in this. Still want to continue to make this podcast grow. And I thank you so much for your support. God bless. Peace. Back here at the Ford Center, Evansville, 5-9, getting late. So it's time for our certified bucket getter, Marcus Wilson. I don't know who you're going with here. I'm, I'm, I'm really on the fence. I don't think there's any question tonight. You know, with me being a certified bucket getter, I know one when I see one. And with Larry Hughes here tonight, DeAndre Williams put on the show. El Buquito, senior buckets. I like big buckets and I cannot lie. DeAndre Williams, Duncan, shooting threes, in transition. And you, young man, put on a great show tonight for everybody. And you are today's certified bucket getter of the game. Getting late here at the Ford Center Western by three. It's late, so it's time for the patented Marcus Wilson CBG certified bucket getter of the game. You don't look a day older than you do right there, partner. Who you got? <laughs> Today's certified bucket getter of the game, we have Ben Pyle, 18 points, eight rebounds. As you can see, he was knocking down the three. He loves the move where he goes to the basket. Oops, gonna give you the spin move. He's also driving to the basket. Oops. 
finish with the left hand. Young man, sophomore out of Kansas, really put on the show tonight, love to watch his game, and you, Ben Powell, are the certified bucket getter of the game. 60 to 60 is the score. We told you this would be a monster mid-major matchup to watch here tonight, and a good one at Smith, especially here in the second half. And Coach, this is about the time we get to your certified bucket getter of the game. One of my favorite times <laughs> in the game. Like I said, I was a certified bucket getter, so I know one when I see one. And tonight, Arthur Labinowitz, 24 points, 9 for 10 from the field. The kid was efficient. And what I always say, I love a kid who can score in different ways. You see, he's shooting threes. He's dunking. He steals. But you know what? Tonight, guys, we got two certified bucket getters. Tevin Brown has taken over the second half. He deserves to be recognized. He's hitting threes himself. He's getting in transition. He's driving to the basket, off the dribble. Oops, step back in your face. Both of these guys right here have been certified bucket getters, so we could not choose one, so we're giving it to two. Congratulations, Art. Tevin, certified bucket getters of the game.